What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am joined, as always, by Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing good, man. Uh, long Easter Sunday and end of Monday, but we're, we're going strong for this uh, long night. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, we are doing linebackers tonight, and then we are coming at you with a second and third episode this week. Uh, because we need to finish up our position rankings before we get to the mega mock next week. So uh, linebackers tonight, DBs on Wednesday, Friday fix on Friday, and then we're rounding out uh, draft season with the mega mock on Monday. And then we will be streaming live the Thursday at the very least uh, for the first round of the NFL draft. So a lot of stuff coming your way here in the next uh, next two weeks, but um yeah go ahead <laughs> no that's that's it that's just it's a lot <laughs> yeah it is a lot but uh that means that we need to get right into it but there is a little bit of NFL news that we need to touch on before we start in on our linebackers and the big news that came today is the Denzel Ward extension by the Cleveland Browns they gave him a hundred million a hundred million and five hundred thousand dollars additionally uh with 44 and a half guaranteed at signing five-year deal he is the highest paid cornerback of all time at this point randy how do you feel about this deal uh smart and we we've been talking about uh them extending the pieces obviously uh now they're not extending baker but they already paid Deshaun. this is the time that you want to kind of secure your last remaining pieces that aren't secure denzel was the last remaining piece he's a top corner in the league and he deserves to be paid as well. So um, I think it might be slightly more than people anticipated, but this was going, it happens every year. Everyone resets the market and Denzel rightfully so being by any fathomable like consideration of top 10 corner at worst. So, but that's where I push back. Like he's the highest paid corner and I know they're early on it and they're resetting the market yeah. and they're choosing to do that. And they're, that's fine. Yes. But he but will like, be. He will be the by this time next year. He'll be probably the the th- fourth or fifth highest paid corner. By this time, two years from now, he'll be the tenth highest paid corner. So yeah. it, it won't matter after this year. That's true. Uh, but I would argue that he's probably like in the seven to ten range in terms of best corners in the NFL. And I th- I think you can make an argument that he he rivals the top five, but also yeah. the injury concerns are real, and so that's a lot of guaranteed money for a guy who can't stay on the field. But he's remedied that a little bit over the last couple of years. I th- I feel like he's been a, a more available. So this is what I think the future of uh, the league's going to go to: uh, not running backs. Um, <laughs> that yeah. we're going to get these kind of resignings for extensions to pretty much lock up players up to age like 29 or so and then figured out past then so we're just not dealing with these 25 year old free agents trying to reset the market we just have it done in the books they stay on the teams and then when they're older and the prime's a little used up they get shipped elsewhere yeah for sure and denzel ward is younger than some corners in this draft class 24 yeah yeah he's, he's 24 years old so uh pretty good signing you know i i i'm you know picking at this deal but really it's it's a smart move and the browns are doing smart things outside of their quarterback situation uh more news not nfl news really but the there's a the usfl has been alive for one weekend and there's already just some crazy drama going on and i don't know if it's manufactured it doesn't feel very manufactured because they're playing with the dude's livelihood um there's a lot of rumors essentially a, a, a player got cut 
And the way the video makes it seem is it's because he ordered pizza instead of chicken salad or something like that. Like, yeah, that's, that's what happened. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so the team is trying to lie and say that he violated all these team rules. And he's like, listen, man, I have texts. Like, <laughs> so the coach who was based clearly on some sort of power trip basically said that the violation of team rules was like acting rude uh, towards the coaching staff or stuff like that. And the act of saying, I don't eat chicken salad. Can I have a slice of your pizza? And the coach said, no. And he's like, does that bother you? And he said, yes, because <laughs> yes, now he's not eating. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cause if, I mean, as someone that is more of a picky eater than most, uh, if, if you don't have anything I'm eating, I'm not eating. That's how that works. Like I'm not like force feeding right. myself something I'm gonna throw up. Um, so right. he, yeah, that's he, crazy. <laughs> and he was their starting or rotational running back, I believe. Uh, then they were, were down like 17 to nothing to start the game. Uh, didn't it wasn't a good look. It, it was and for I don't know why it was let out. Like it was like a promotional video by the USFL for the team, and this like hard-nosed coach it's i think like why would you put that out (laughs) well and and that's where like i tend to think that it is not manufactured like i think the actual situation is real but i think the usfl looked at that and said hey we can get in the news you know like we can we can do this and they have the way you want though no but that's how the nfl lives you know (laughs) i mean they obviously live off of all of the other stuff but yeah uh but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the USFL unfortunately is going to be doomed once the XFL comes back next year. So yeah, I, I think it'd be smart. The best case scenario for both leagues is they both somehow work with the NFL as kind of like a minor league division of sort. Yeah. Um, and fuck it, maybe even we can get like a relegation system between the two. I don't give a shit. Let's figure it out. Yeah, um, the Jaguars out of here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about. <laughs> That part of it <laughs> happening, but between these, these uh, probably yeah. like 16, 20 something franchises, it could be fun. I don't know. I watched a few of the games, it was a little bit exciting here and there, but um, what really the NFL will always have over every other league that ever pops up is they have the superior quarterback play, yeah. and superior quarterback play makes football more fun. Plans this simple. is true. Good transition to our next piece of news uh baker mayfield is uh there's a lot of rumors surrounding him it's kind of up and down so yesterday he was gonna be a carolina panther within the next few weeks seattle seahawks were still making a move uh robbie anderson vehemently opposed that he does not want baker mayfield as his quarterback he does want colin kaepernick though so it's screw sam darnold screw baker more uh let's get cap on the team which is cool. Whatever, Robbie. I think you'd be shipped off anyway in the deal. But um, but so then the reason I said it's kind of up and down is because Tony Pauline just came out tonight and said that there is nothing imminent until after the draft. But that was always probably the timeline. So I don't think that's breaking news either. Yeah, I don't think that changed anything. But uh, it's just a fun uh, addendum to this whole Baker fiasco. Uh, majority of which isn't his fault, I'll say. Like, I think most of us can agree that uh, uh, maybe his timing of his, like, post to fans was a little bit too quick. But the way the Browns have handled this has been detrimental to Baker and the Browns. And yeah, best case scenario at this point, I think most of us want Baker just to go to a team that he can have success for. Um, ta- unfortunately, I think the best case scenario is the Seahawks. So I think that's where I hope he goes, but I think Panthers is going to end up being more likely as someone probably goes ahead of the Panthers in the draft and picks Malik Willis and they panic. Yes, I have that in my final mock draft teaser. It's not done yet, so it's a big teaser. It'll come out. Teaser because someone, (laughs) the Texas is going to trade 13 for 29 and 30 and everything's going to be stupid again. Yeah, that's true. Uh, There's a lot more that's going to happen before the draft. But anyway, so uh, last thing on that, um, there's a lot of people saying that Baker's not an upgrade from Sam Darnold. You're on crack. Yes, he is. He is a lot better than Sam Darnold. There's there's been this like narrative 
and it's mostly driven by Browns fans, so I probably see it a little too often, but that, that Baker is just a terrible quarterback, and that's simply not the case. Like we, we just need to be honest about what it is. He's a perfectly average quarterback where in a situation that is favorable, he can be a top 12 to 15 quarterback. And so um, his market's been a little confusing. I'm excited to see where he goes. Hopefully, you know, hopefully Carolina and then rule gets out of there, but they get enough out of Baker that they keep him there. So I don't know. We'll see. Yes, we will see. So let's get into our linebackers for the 2022 NFL draft. We are dwindling down. There are not too many positions left. Randy, just I've asked this a few times, but what are your overall feelings on this linebacker class when comparing with classes before? Um, I think this linebacker class, it doesn't have like I, I think we both really like Dean and Lloyd uh as like top guys and there's rumors of other linebackers being drafted in the first. There's no like top end linebacker, no doubt, in this class. And I think we've seen that for most positions of this class, but same rings true for this as well, that it's one of the more deeper linebacker classes we've ever seen like last year there was definitely no way we were getting to linebacker 10 and we're like this guy can make an impact day one uh and probably drafted day two (laughs) like that's that hasn't happened in a bit here so uh, it's exciting yeah and and i think that's the case as well you know i think last year was a little more top heavy but like you said um this class has has its good players as well. So we're actually going to go one through 10 on this episode. We've been going one through five. So we're going to start with our top linebackers and work our way down rather than going reverse order. Uh, Randy, who is your linebacker one in this class? Yeah, both of our linebacker ones for this class is N'Kobe Dean. Um, And I think that's pretty fair. Uh, N'Kobe Dean's major concern is he's a little small. Um. That's... And that's why he didn't do a lot of the testing because he knew his tape was better than any measurable would do. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still an athletic freak in both of our opinions, I would say, because this how he flies around the football field, you can't do if you're not an athletic freak. Uh, great football intelligence. His IQ is up there with the best of the class, if not the best. Uh relatively good in coverage i have it as an eight out of ten it's it's really above average but there's still some tweaks he has to do uh in coverage um i'd be happy putting him in a zone right now and having him read and react and make big plays especially hitting the ball out of defenders hands and hopefully not their heads um it's linebackers it always could happen um but to stick him purely on a man that's not on like a flat route or like an out route i would be a little bit hesitant on uh, day one, but I think you can clearly expand on that talent. Uh, I have him as one of the best tacklers in the class. He is very, very consistent, does not miss tackles. He is in the hole relatively every play. Uh, this linebacker room for Georgia is ridiculous. It's just like the whole defense is fucking ridiculous. But Nicobe Dean stood out on tape, and he stands out in our rankings. Uh Literally, the worst thing I have for him is block shedding uh, because he's just a little bit smaller. So a lot of times for him shedding blocks, it's pretty much just getting away from the block. Um, yeah. So I think he's going to need to be a little bit more consistent with that. And that's at a seven and a half for me. He's he's literally just an amazing linebacker. That's clearly a first round talent to me. And yeah. the way the drafts have been going, he's going to be a steal late in the draft, uh, late in the first round, early second round at worst. Uh, and he'll be the best linebacker in the room within the next two years. Yeah. So I would, I would push back on that last point. Now we, we, well, we think very similarly here, but I actually think that he sheds blocks fairly well, especially when you consider his size. Yeah. Um, Listen, it's a seven seven and a half out of eight. I said, that's his worst trait for me. I think that says more of how good he is than anything else. Uh, It's like I said, it's consistency. When you have to say for his size, he is blank, it usually means there is a deficiency there that we need to just bring up slightly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I, I do have his worst trait being coverage just simply because he still has some developing to do, and I have that at a seven and a half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, highly intelligent player. He wins with instincts. He wins with gap discipline. He's just 
you know, I, we, we've brought this up before. When you're watching the Georgia defense, it's easy to say, well, this player was good because there are nine other guys out there that are fantastic at their job, so they are able to play freely. But the thing about the NFL is, you know, when you're highly intelligent, you have really good instincts, those things will come. I think when I watch Nakobe Dean, it reminds me of Devin Bush uh, in that class. Um, simply, Devin Bush was a little smaller, and Devin Bush took a little time at the beginning of his career, so I don't want people to think still, that... Still taking time. He, he is, but I also think that Nakobe is a better tackler at this point. I think, you know, I don't know if he's going to get the draft capital. That's that's where I'm a little concerned, uh, but it shouldn't matter. He's going to work his way onto a field very, very quickly, and I think he will be productive. And like Randy said, he is also my one. Let's get into our linebacker two, because this is most people's ones, and the NFL is, like, gushing over this kid. So who's your two, Randy? Uh, I think it's both of ours. Uh, Devin Lloyd, uh, same thing, top-end football intelligence. Uh, that Honestly, besides just pure athleticism and uh, refined technique and skill, the football intelligence for Dean and Lloyd is what sets them apart from the rest of the class and just makes them for sure first-round picks, in my opinion. Um, it, Lloyd is a little bit worse of a tackler than Dean, but he has the coverage ability. Uh, I am very confident in Devin Lloyd being in any kind of coverage day one. <laughs> uh, whereas uh, we know Dean has to work on it a bit, but Lloyd, with him, he makes all the plays. He's got the good vision, gap discipline. He sheds blocks relatively well. For him, there's a little bit of consistency issues with tackling at times, but it really is wasn't an issue in college. I doubt it would be an issue in the NFL, but there could be some early stints of it. Um, that's really where I, I literally question small things with him. Um, I He tested so well as an athlete, it's kind of weird to say. I don't think he's as good in athletic stuff in the pass coverage as Dean is, but he's better in pass coverage than Dean. It's, uh, it's just technique and... Uh, refinement in those areas. I have him as the worst change in direction and range than Nakobe Dean, but it's it's small intervals, obviously, and he he's very very talented. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he's as rangy as Nakobe, and I actually he would isn't. put a lot of these guys ahead of him. And in, in terms of that, what as we get down the list now, that's not the only thing that matters playing linebacker, and that's why he is the two because he makes up for that with intelligence. And, uh, you know, just kind of knowing exactly where to be. He's really, really refined in coverage, like Randy alluded to. I think that he is going to step in. Now, I was going to ask you, Randy, do you think he's a Mike at the NFL level? Or do you think that he's best suited in a Will or even his Sam role? I I feel like he can succeed in in all of those roles. But. Yeah, I think he could succeed at all of them. Obviously, being drafted this highly, being the first-round pick, you're going to be looking more of uh, Sam or Mike. And mm -hmm. I maybe first off, I put him at Sam just because I can reliably keep him on the field for passing downs, and I know he can pretty much do everything on the field, and maybe he can get a little bit more disciplined um, in tackling phases of the game and in reading reacting from the Sam to the point to where he could just be your guy as a linebacker and the game moves around him basically at the next level. Um, but I don't think you should ever leave the field. Uh, whereas like Nicobe Dean, I think with the size, you might put him at Sam first because he's a little bit smaller. Uh, I think it, I think both these guys can clearly play Mike. Um, but with his speed, I think maybe you want him at Sam to just absolutely defeat anything that goes outside. Uh, Lloyd, I think he could do either or. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, You know, I think with how the NFL views this kid, so I question, you know, I think Nakobe shoots gaps really well. I yes. think Devin Lloyd knows what gaps to shoot, but I don't think that he is uh, as quick getting there, which, again, that's it's strange because I think probably he's a better athlete from testing, and that's why we didn't get any testing from Nakobe. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think that Nakobe is so natural with it, and we kind of know that. And Devin Lloyd is still kind of developing, which is good too. You know, like that's not a bad thing. 
Yeah, yeah. And to to, to be clear, like six years ago, both these guys would be Sam or Wills because they're not like this big brooding gap eating tackler uh, necessarily. This is the NFL linebackers of the future. I think they could play at any position linebacker level. Um, I think both, if you had them as predominantly blitz linebackers to start the year, it wouldn't be the worst idea. Like, like they wouldn't not succeed at that. Like they're going to pretty much succeed no matter what, in my opinion. Uh, the only concern would be like size necessarily Dean, like getting it right the first year and then Lloyd reading reacting at the next level speed of the NFL. Yeah. Okay, cool. Who is your three? Randy? Yeah. Uh, to be quickly clear, both of those are first round picks for both of us. Um, this great. We should talk about my three then next huh? Yeah. That's why I was kind of transitioning back to you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so my three, is Leo Chanel and I have Leo Chanel. So our, our scale ends at 78 for first round grade and I have him at 77.99. So I, I haven't considered him a first round talent yet. Cause I didn't realize how close it was, I guess, but uh, that's Randy wrote in here first, basically. And that's kind of how I feel about Leo Chanel. Uh, he is your five, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Leo Chanel, to me, a uh, highly, highly athletic dude, one of the best run-stuffing linebackers that I can remember uh, scouting in the last few years. Uh, and I think those are the two, one of the best blitzing linebackers that I can remember studying as well. He is fantastic at getting to the quarterback, you know, from a Mike uh, slot. Where I get a little concerned with this is the NFL is very much so a coverage-heavy league at this point. They've got to be able to cover. And in that scheme at Wisconsin, Leo Chanel didn't have the opportunity to really show what he could do in coverage. And when he did, I think because it was so seldom, he looked a little awkward in it. And it is by far the worst. He's one of the worst in coverage that I have any linebackers in this class. Um, But... But I do think that he is able to do that, and it's going to take him a little bit of time so that he can stay on the field. But this is what I think of when I think of a traditional Mike linebacker. This is a dude that is going to shoot gaps. He's going to get to the quarterback. He's going to stop the run. He's a first and second down linebacker at this point. Uh, Outside of his coverage, I think his change of direction on the field is actually not that great. Uh, Despite the high athleticism, I don't think that he – um, transitions well, but I do think that he has a little bit of range to him. Um, he's not the highest range player uh, on my board, but what what do you think of, of Chanel, Randy? Uh, pretty much echoing every sentiment you had. Um, he's a fantastic athlete, and you see that in the run game uh, and in screen game. I'll, I'll give him that as well, but in coverage, you just don't see the athleticism. I don't think uh, and it's weird because I think he probably do as well. I have his football IQ is really, really high, uh, just below our top two here. And it's, it, I see him literally just read and decipher plays the last scrimmage. But when he's asked to be in coverage, there's something where he just is kind of like a duck uh, out of water and he's just standing around. I don't know what to do with him. Uh, yeah. I gave him a five for coverage ability, five and a half for change of direction, six for range. I will agree, though, it is limited sample size, and he did look awkward. I think with more reps, this would clearly go up, especially when you look at the type of athlete he is. But I think that's clearly why he's going to be a second-round pick uh, for most people's boards. And, I mean, we'll see how the, it all shakes out. He might end up being a third, but I think that would be a great value for a team if that happened. Uh, I have him as basically a middle of the road second round pick. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because I think that this is a dude that some NFL team is going to love. Like I look at yeah. the Lions with that early second round pick, the thirty fourth pick, and I think, man, like if they don't go linebacker with that thirty second overall pick, th- this guy bites kneecaps. You know, like he, he is does. chewing knees, and so I feel like he does that more than some of the other guys. And I feel like that's the guys that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are really going to like. I know, but 
they're also not going to sell themselves down the river because they don't have good coverage linebackers right now, and this defeats that purpose entirely. Um, yeah. I mean, like they had what Anzalone last year and probably this year again, I believe that kind of yeah. does this where he tries to just fills lanes entirely. Yeah. Um, so I, I get getting the new model of it and trying to develop them. I think that's probably what's going to happen for some team. I just don't know if it's going to be that early with that team with what they need there. Do you think, do you think there's a chance he gets drafted on the top 50 though? Cause I, yeah, I think I can't, I, I have him at 74.99. I can't have that grade and then not say he could be a top 50 pick. Fair. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Who is your three? Yes. Uh, so we, this is where we're starting to disagree, unfortunately. Uh, so my three is your six. You bitch. I don't, um, I don't like it. I don't like it. You don't like yours or mine? Mine. I don't, tr- okay, I, I have good. to trust the grades, but I don't like I it. I agree. I agree. But my three is Chad Muma. Uh, the linebacker from Wyoming, uh, it's just a guy that is a joy to watch on tape. Uh, really good football intelligence as well. I have that as an eight for him, so tied for second highest, I guess, technically tied for third highest of the class. Um, but he is a very, very good tackler. He led his conference most years in tackling, uh, so I gave that uh, one of the highest grades for him, actually, the highest grade for him. Um, he shows good vision in the back, like in the linebacker spot. Uh, it does need to improve, I think, at next level speed is read and react. But gap discipline's there. It's just not as good as the top guys. Uh, he sheds blocks at that level with pretty good consistency, but there's clearly some stuff he needs to work on there. Uh, so that's a seven for me. Um, what is kind of surprising <laughs> going into it, uh, is I don't have his coverage and change of direction and range as that highly. They're they're above average. Um, but when I saw like when I saw like the quick tapes or the highlights, and I saw like the athletic profile from the combine, scored a nine seven seven RAS. I was really excited, and honestly, I'm glad he's my linebacker three. But I gave him seven for seven for coverage ability. He definitely needs to improve at the next level. Um, six and a half for range and six for change of direction. Uh, I think this is a little bit the same thing as your number three, uh, as Leo Schnell, where I think with that level of athleticism, we're going to get better in the passing game. Um, it's just going to come with time. But I think he's a high-level athlete that produced at a, at a relatively high level at Wyoming, and that's going to catapult him into the second round. Yeah. So with him – Walking out of the senior bowl, I would have said that he's one of the better coverage linebackers. Yeah, uh, that's because it was weird. Because <laughs> I think, and I think he kind of showed out there, and I think that's why he's kind of vaulted up boards, and now he's like a high second round pick to most people. Which I don't, I'm not going to argue that. You know, I have a second on him. I, f- I feel pretty comfortable that he's going to be a really good NFL player. But <clears throat> when you actually sit down and watch the film, you see kind of the the lapses in coverage and and where he does need to improve is kind of that area. Um, Yeah. And I think the senior bowl showed us at least some level of improvement. So I think that's where people are uh, continuing to put him up higher and higher on the board. Obviously I'm not going to get much higher uh, as my linebacker three. Yeah, that's fair. And and for what it's worth, like I said, I don't like that I have him at six, but it is what it is. I trust the grading scale and he he is, he is for me 0.64 ahead of the next guy and like less than a point ahead of your number three Chanel, you know, a little bit over a point more than my number. Like say, like it's, it's very close in this area. Yeah. For what it's worth. I, I think that this, the whole really like mm, four through, I guess three through nine or 10 feels pretty, pretty close together but yeah i I think we are going to get a lot of fly packers going on day two yeah i agree with that sentiment uh why don't you head into year four yes because again we defer uh but barely on this one my four is quay walker um he again what (laughs) i said wrong 
listen here you got a slut um uh you're gonna get another fantastic piece of the georgia defense we got to see a, a really good athlete i think a better athlete than we expected uh to come by 9.63 ras so just behind muma just ahead of devin lloyd um he needs to, i mean we saw his impact a lot in the run game his tackling was uh, him and dean i have tied actually he's a superb tackler he gets it done in the run game no questions asked he does a good job of recognizing deciphering and destroying plays uh great vision gap discipline as well he sheds blocks among the best in the class for me uh he has good strength and he's i mean six three and a half 240 if he's not shedding blocks it's apparent so I think maybe that says more than anything else. But for him, you saw him also make plays in the passing game. I don't have him as rangy as uh, N'Kobe Dean, but it's just below, same as Dev- about the same as Devin Lloyd. Uh, I actually have a little bit better change of direction for Quay Walker as well. He's just a superb athlete that really needs to just continue to develop as a linebacker at the next level. All these guys are going to need to get used to the next level of play because I know Georgia – this last year is pretty goddamn close, but um, you're not always going to have those D tackles to help you read and react. So I think he's going to need to get a little bit better. And while I do have him as a great athlete in the passing game, I have his coverage ability at seven and a half. So it's well above average, but nothing spectacular in my opinion. Uh, but he got it done in both aspects of the game. His biggest improvement, in my opinion, is just football intelligence and IQ. Um, I have his a six. Uh, Almost the lowest in the class. Um, yeah. It yeah, just needs and- to improve, plain and simple. Um, it's weird. And I do say, like, obviously I have the most good vision and uh, gap discipline and reading and reacting, but those are also sevens. So, like, it's above average. It's not the level of the top guys. Um, but that's where I see a little bit he needs to improve. And in the passing game, I think I need he needs to improve and reading and reacting in some coverage at that level as well. Yeah, that's where I get a little hung up on him because <clears throat> I, I try to learn from past evaluations, and I think that was probably the one area that Jamin Davis needed to learn the most yes. was just becoming more instinctual and, and kind of uh, seeing the field a little bit better. And we saw him struggle pretty mightily as a rookie. He couldn't even get on the field for the first few weeks. And so I wonder if we're going to have the same kind of track for – for Quay because it's not getting any slower for him, you know, and and he's no. not going to have as much time to react. And so I do think that that's my my like I I'm nervously putting him where I'm putting him, but it's kind of just betting on traits. It's kind of like the people who have Malik Willis at QB1, that's kind of how I feel about Quay and that yeah, uh, he's got a lot of developing to do. And it's the same things that are bonuses that are going to put him on the field early as well because him and Dean were by far, like, easily the leaders of that George defense and making yeah. the plays and making the call-outs uh, and really just just stopping everything from coming at them. Uh, and he was a, a very key piece in that. Um, I think he's also one of the better blitzers of the class for the linebacker positions. So that's a really good thing for him. I don't see a way that he's not on the field. Like, with Davis, like, they just kind of drafted him to be kind of like at least a Sam, if not the Mike. They tried to get him that day one. In reality, if they would have probably put him in, like, Will linebacker day one, he probably would have been okay. I think Quay probably comes in the league as more of a Will linebacker and transitions yeah. once he can continue to develop to a different position. Yeah. I think there's a real chance that Quay is drafted in the first from everything I've seen. Uh, because teams will bet on those traits. And I think there are a few teams at the back of the first that will be looking for someone like him. And if not, top of the second feels pretty realistic for this guy. Yep. All right, uh, let's come back to my – so he's my five, and I have a second-round grade on him as well. Uh, but let's go back to my four, because the reason I said wrong when when Randy – uh, said Quay's name is because I am team Channing Tindall is better than Quay Walker. And the reason well, we got in the field. Yes. So that's, that's going to be the knock for, for Tindall, <laughs> right? Uh, is he was the backup to Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker. He was the third linebacker. He didn't start a single game in his Georgia career. 
And I think there's reason for that. And I think you can kind of, you can kind of see that when he's out there, but this is the rangiest guy in this class. uh, In my opinion, I think that he has, I've called it Micah Parsons level closing speed. Uh, I wouldn't call him Micah Parsons and I don't want that to be the comp that I'm making. Oh no, you said it. It's over now. (laughs) But I think when he's able to sniff out a play and, and I think he does that really well as well when he's able to sniff it out, he will get there and he will just lay a freaking hammer on the ball carrier. And I think that that is uh, a valuable piece to a defense. Now, do you want a guy who, you know, I think he's got kind of lesser vision, um, which kind of contradicts, but it it doesn't. So I think he's a a highly intelligent guy, but when he's actually sitting uh, in run fits i think that's where his vision is a little iffy his gap discipline is a little iffy because he wants to go full speed ahead and i think those are kind of the things that kept him from starting for georgia because i think if you just took his closing speed and that athleticism i think he's the better of the three in terms of of that randy why do you hate him why are you a hater why do i hate him okay yeah well he couldn't get on the field uh no he's a rotational linebacker um i don't think he has the ability to be a mike linebacker at the next level so i think that pulls him down the board a little bit while he does have i agree the range is ridiculous i have it as the best in the class um his change of direction oddly enough is not best in the class he does not shed blocks with any consistency um, and I will say a lot of that, in my opinion, is he was used regularly as more of an edge blitzer or like like five tech blitzer. Um, so he didn't have to just deconstruct a lot of blocks. Um, so I think there's some stuff there. And like you said, division wise, he needs to improve. Um, but other I mean, like great football intelligence, great tackling, uh, one of the best blitzers of the class. I just think he's an outside linebacker purely. And I don't think he performed enough at the college level to warrant him being any higher than my linebacker seven. It's a fair argument. And I think that you're, that's kind of the narrative that you're seeing about Tyndall. There's a very small group of people that agrees with me here. Uh, But I have found some friends that I can talk with about this because they have tinfoil hats in their pictures or I hate you so much. Uh, Either way, all three Georgia linebackers are fantastic players. Yeah, and, I don't uh, fucking understand that, by the way. It's, it's <laughs> absurd. It, all of the Georgia defensive players are, and we'll talk about more on the next episode. But that concludes this uh, this Georgia run of players because we have now talked about all of them. Randy, I think we're on your six because we talked about your five, Leo Chanel. Uh So who is yeah. your six? I six, your nine. Uh Lowell is Christian Harris. Um, obviously, obviously a lieback for Bama, sorry, that um, has been talked about in the first round heavily, especially top 50, no matter what. Uh, good athlete, uh, 9.07 in the RAS score. Uh, for me, I think he has some of the better vision from the linebacker position of the class. Uh, he needs to get a little bit better in gap discipline and shedding the blocks to get to those spots. But the eyes are there. He's got really good change direction, really good range. Uh, have them both the same as Devin Lloyd for me. So really, really destructive in that aspect. Uh, but he needs to be a more consistent tackler. I think that's just plain and simple. Um, a lot of times he was kind of arm tackling or lunging. And he, he needs – there was also other times it, – it's weird because he's one of the guys that I saw trying to make – I think the best way to describe it is he's the guy that only hit stick tackles in Madden, a.k.a. me. Um, and you're going to make a lot of fucking plays, but you're also going to make plays for the other team when you do that. Uh, so I think he needs to get better at kind of reining that in at the next level. And that goes into football intelligence, my opinion, as well, where I have that as the seven. So it's much lower. Not much. I guess it's just lower than what we have for the other guys that we've talked about. Um, it's higher than Quay Walker, but... I don't think that's really saying much, uh, being that you were the linebacker for Bama. Like, you were their uh, trendsetter. You were their leader. Obviously, you're not the best linebacker on the team because that's coming out next year. But uh, (laughs) 
it's still he he is a very very talented linebacker second round player for me easy he didn't produce as well like his production grade does leave a little bit to be desired uh unfortunately but that's why he's this low yeah yeah i just i get really hung up on the tackling and the instincts and football intelligence because i think again those are really really important things when we talk about quay and how he needs to get better instinctually at least he has the tackling down you know at least he's got that christian harris you know i also i don't think he's that good in coverage i see a lot of NFL scouts, uh, the reports are that they're obsessed with him in coverage. I think he has the tools to be good in coverage, but I also think that he gets trapped in in no man's land, especially in zone. I I just think he gets a little lost out there. In man coverage, I see it. Like, I I know he can stick to players, and that's good. Like, you, you want that. But I wouldn't be comfortable putting him out in zone coverage, which is kind of strange for a linebacker. Well, see, that's exactly why he's shooting at boards, though, because... The man in coverage at a linebacker position is one of the best things you can really have. Same with safety. Um, obviously with corner, but we're talking about positions that play more interiorly uh, than the outside. And, he, he, I mean, he routinely ran better wheel routes than running backs, better Texas routes, better out route. Like, he locked up people, just plain and simple. And while he does, in my opinion, struggle, and so that's why I have his – uh, coverage ability at seven and a half, where it should be higher, uh, you know, with that man coverage, his zone coverage does lack. But when you're a coach at this level and you see that kind of man coverage ability, you could teach zone coverage. I mean, fifth graders play zone coverage. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you can figure it out. I know he played at Bama, so maybe that says a lot, but also I think his talent in the man coverage game was why he played more man coverage than zone. That's fair. It's it's fair. I just, I don't know, man. I just, the first round talk is too rich for me. I, I agree. I, I think he's a second round player, but yeah, he's a third round player for me, but yeah, it's close uh, with it, you though. It is very Almost close. There. Yeah. So, um, okay. I think I am up and my next player and your next player technically uh, is Brian Osamoa, uh, the linebacker from Oklahoma. I have a second round grade on him. And with Osamoa, I think what you're getting is a fairly athletic. Uh, his his RAS is a little lower than some of these other guys because they're just uniquely athletic. Um, <clears throat> just a lot of insane athletes in this class. Uh, but Osamoa is one of my favorite players to watch because he flies all over the field and he makes tackles. He when I was watching him, I I think I went three full games and he didn't miss a tackle. And that's not even close to something that you can say about most of these other guys. So um, just really, those are the two things. Uh, Super, super rangy. He's sideline to sideline. He's pretty good in coverage. You know, I have have his coverage grade as a seven, which is uh, higher than some of the guys that we've talked about. It's really only behind uh, Devin Lloyd. um, And then a guy that we're going to talk about here in a second. But – Really good tackler, really, really rangy, good change of direction in that aspect as well. I do think that um, his read and react stuff, I think he can be a little late to react, but I also think that he has got the uh, recovery speed and the closing speed to make up for that. Um, So uh, he is my seven and he is your nine, correct? Eight. Eight. He's your eight. Yeah, he's very good. There's no question about it. Yeah, I, I really don't have much to go against. I mean, I think you kind of covered all the points there for me. Yeah, uh, you know, the last thing I think block shedding is not really his thing. I, I think he's uh, he's kind of in the smaller mold as as well, kind of like Nicobe Dean, um, but he was also a little more productive. Um, just being in that Oklahoma scheme and, and being, I think, in the Big Twelve is definitely different than the SEC, but. Uh, he's a player I think will be a second or third round pick. And if he's a third round pick, I think that that's quite the value because I think that this is a kid that could end up being a pretty nice Mike linebacker. I don't think you start him there uh, just because I, I think the instincts are a little lesser um, than, than what you would want as a starting Mike. But 
but yeah, I, I like this kid a lot. I, I was a little shocked actually that he was this low for me after watching him. Really? That is yes. kind of surprising. I mean, he, he's very talented, but I wasn't surprised where he kind of fell for me. Um, just because, I mean, only when you look at who the other guys are ahead of him, I think that's why I think I'm not surprised. And That's fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's got some stuff to work on, clearly, but he's a second-round player for me, and yeah, he is cool. a good spot. Cool. All these guys All right. are tight, so. It's true. All right, who's your nine, and the floor is yours, sir? Yes, I did not because you. you don't have a full grade on this guy, and you know what? Fairly so. Uh, I'm not sure I should necessarily have a full grade on him with the tape available for Troy Anderson, uh, but he is my linebacker nine. Uh, first and foremost, a freak athlete. Let's just get that out of the way. He's yep. a 10 RAS, and it makes sense, seeing as how he's an All-American at three different positions at the college level, <laughs> at quarterback, mm-hmm. running back, and linebacker. Uh, yeah. Different years, obviously, but it's ridiculous. He's played three positions at college, obviously. Uh, he's, I think he's rushed for 21 touchdowns as a quarterback the first year. Uh, like he's an absolute freak in nature. He's literally at this point for me, he's going to go in the second round, I think, because he's literally a linebacker version of Taysom Hill. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's, he's played great special teams, great on offense. He's been a really good linebacker. I think he had like 10 and a half sacks. I want to say um, like he honestly, for him, he just has to continue play in the linebacker position, and he's just going to keep getting better. That's just plain and simple. Uh, <laughs> I, like I, there's so many of these coaches, especially the quote unquote like smart gods of the next coaching that'll be the next Bill Belichick's and coaching for the next 25 years, um, that are just going to absolutely love this guy. Uh, I do think he's going to be an outside linebacker right now at the next level because he needs to continue to develop, but. When you can add in the packages for this guy at every part, and he's going to play every special teams, and he seems to want to. He only played defense because he thought it looked fun. I <laughs> And he's going to be a linebacker at the NFL. That's how gifted this guy is of an athlete. Uh, best traits for me, change of direction and range, as well as uh, coverage ability and tackling. Uh, so he, he's just a freak athlete. And he is an explosive tackler with really good hitting power. Uh, continually aims low, wraps up, brings feet down. You know, he, I mean, he will whiff now and then, but he closes better than most people. And uh, again, like I have him at five and a half football intelligence. He just hasn't played linebacker enough. He transitioned to linebacker in 2019, kind of partway through the year full time. Um, but by by the end of his rookie deal, he'll be to where he needs to be as a linebacker, and he's going to get a second contract from somebody, in my opinion, no questions asked. So he needs to improve there. He needs to improve in gap discipline and reading reacting from a middle linebacker perspective, which is what he did most of the time at Montana State has played middle linebacker, uh, and needs to shed blocks with a little bit more consistency. Um, really, if he can just – play more snaps as linebacker, get good coaching, and pack on a little bit of strength, he is going to be an elite player at the next level, in my opinion. Uh, and he's going to be one of the more fun people to watch because who doesn't want to watch <laughs> a linebacker just throw a ball and then run <laughs> it in somehow at the same time? Like I, He's going to be so much fun. And he, he does celebrate with his team a lot. Like, he's the leader at Montana State. Like, he is the leader. I think people are going to gravitate to this kid. Yeah. So, and we're going to hear about him for roughly a half hour on day two when he gets picked. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, I did want to mention I don't have a final grade. I've watched as much as I can, but I don't yeah. feel comfortable putting a grade on him. Just free, free the tape, everyone, free the tape. Uh, however, it has been said that the NFL views him very, very clearly as a linebacker. Um, yeah, there's it, no there, question he's a linebacker. It's just there, there were rumors that he would try a Taysom Hill role, and the NFL doesn't need him to do that because he's so talented at linebacker. So he is. Um, 
you could like he routinely as uh as a, what is he uh six three two thirty five linebacker is the fastest guy in the field somehow. It's again it's Montana State, so if he played it you know Alabama it'd be different. But my God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe because he's still super freaking athletic. So maybe no, he no, no. I'm just saying. This. Like, I don't think he would have did it in offense. I don't think he would have done this and that. And I right. think some of the some of the things we need to see ironed out might have been a little bit more ironed out so we know where he clearly falls as a prospect. But saying that, Christian Harris isn't ironed out either, and he's a three-year starter at Bama. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think Alabama's very good with developing linebackers. No. Uh, if we look back at who's They're the not, kid last year. Not complete linebackers. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right. Um Let's move on to my uh, my eight and your ten. Uh, Brandon Smith, the linebacker out of Penn State. I'm actually, you know, I think he would drop down if I were able to study a couple more guys um, because I have a third round grade on this kid. Um, Brandon Smith, to me, ultra athletic, uh, pretty intelligent player. In terms of he knows where he needs to be, I think some of his problem is when he gets there, he he's not good at finishing plays. He's a bad tackler, uh, just plain he and is. simple. Like he does he, so he doesn't break down in time, and so he oftentimes runs right by guys, or he's lunging, and it looks like a cornerback trying to tackle, which is concerning from a linebacker who that is your main responsibility, buddy. Like you need to be able to tackle, but I also don't think it's much worse than uh, Christian Harris at this point. I don't think it's much worse than some of the guys below him. And so with him, you're betting on his athleticism. And I think what I would draft him to be is my will linebacker. And I am throwing him in coverage as much as possible because he is a fantastic coverage player, whether he's in zone, whether he is in man, he's got really nice hips. He's able to flip them very quickly. Um, those are the the two things, just super athletic. I don't think I'd be comfortable with him as a mic, uh, no. unfortunately, at least until he develops, but I don't know. I don't know what is left to develop, I guess, with Brandon Smith uh, in terms of can you teach him how to tackle? Maybe. Uh, maybe that's where he gets better. But, again, you know, he needs to learn, I guess, I guess he needs to learn um, how to kind of sit in his gaps because that's going to help him. Like, those th- things yeah. are tied, uh, and right now he doesn't do that. So He doesn't do have good think? angles as a scrape defender is, I think, right. the best way to – put in a lot of his tackling uh just just you know just not great things he's not also a a tremendous block shedder he's above average at it um i was tackling a seven because there's a lot of like great traits there from a tackling perspective there's good hit power plain simple uh he's a phenomenal athlete so the the closing speed and range as a tackler's there um A lot of the times, like, you see his best hits on, like, rally plays, which isn't what you want to see. You know, you want to see him be the first guy there and just plant the dude. So I think that's where he just needs to continue to develop as, like, more of an intelligence player. Um, And that's where you can develop. But worst case, he's your nickel linebacker. Yeah. You know, like, and he's going to excel at that level, especially in zone coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And good player i i do wonder what the nfl is going to look at him like because i mean highly athletic dudes traditionally get picked a little earlier but when when you have that much to work on and you're kind of pigeonholed into uh, a coverage linebacking role i don't know how valuable that will be to nfl teams until probably round three or four well, we both have Roger right. Graves on him for that exact reason and lack of top-end production at the college level as well. Um, right. He's going to be a good player. It's just like, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I I would draft him in the third round, in my opinion, and you have to clearly teach him some 
tackling and scraping techniques and get a little bit better in that aspect. But it's kind of a pick your poison with linebacker position for a lot of teams where, like I said, like the, the Lions, they have impact tacklers already. They don't have anyone in the linebacking room that can cover. Brandon Smith can help that and maybe learns the other stuff to where he can be like your number one or number two at all times. But they've taken shots at that and it didn't work out. Same with the Titans. Uh, you know, you got to kind of figure it out. They don't always work out, but I think he will work out, especially with this kind of draft capital. Um, and there's going to be a lot of scheme fit stuff, but he has the frame that you want and he has the hit power and the burst where his, his worst traits can become strengths. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, last guy that we're going to talk about is a guy on my list. Did you, did he fall outside of your top? Did you grade him? I did not finish grading him. Okay. That makes, okay. Um, Wait, no, so, I graded him. Sorry. Sorry. So he's ahead of, he? he's ahead of Beavis. Okay. So he's my 11. So Terrell Bernard, the, the Baylor linebacker, um, is, is my 10 and your 11. Uh, not a super great athlete. Uh, and I'll lead with that because I think that that kind of impacts where we go from here. So in terms of shedding blocks, I don't know that he is going to be skilled at that at any uh, level um, of, of a defense because he's kind of undersized. So six foot two twenty two. That's pretty similar to Nicobe Dean. It's actually a little lighter than Nicobe Dean. And you kind of see that on tape. And that's, that's my main concern with him. Um, I think he is another one of these guys that's just going to succeed and excel in coverage. I think that you toss him in a will linebacking role. And I think that you've got a guy you're pretty comfortable with uh, his, his read and react from a zone coverage perspective is fantastic. His ability to stick to guys in man is really good. When it comes to the other linebacker stuff, like, you know, playing the run, tackling, vision, uh, gap discipline even, I get a little concerned. Uh, I think he's pretty rangy. I think he's got good change of direction. And so I think that, again, those are things that you can't teach. But being undersized, I've fallen for the undersized guy that's not a super athlete before. Uh, I'm trying to – it was an, an – Oregon linebacker Troy Die Troy Die Troy Die mm-hmm. is that right? Who's I his brother? So. His his brother is a run running back. Um, yeah, I don't know what I one of the Die brothers. Uh, I fell for this, and he just has not been good at the NFL level, and I worry that that's what Terrell Bernard kind of will be. So, yep, perfectly fair. I don't know what else to put to that. Like he needs to get better. I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, like it's a new age of linebackers to where we're not seeing these. Like you're not going to see a lot of Ray Lewis's ever again. No, uh, just pure again. tackling machines that don't aren't asked to do a lot, and others besides just sit directly in the middle, and whoever goes to the middle dies. Uh, we're not going to see that from linebackers. So if that's what you're looking for from a lot of these people, you're just not going to get it. Uh, a lot of the newer age is smaller, faster linebackers that can fly over the field and make impacts that way. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, is there anyone else you want to talk about? Uh, I think Darren Beavers will be a good day three linebacker. Um, I wish I could have gotten to more because I do think uh, just simply, I mean, Jojo Doman, DeMarco Jackson, Mike Rose, Mike, uh, Micah McFadden, Damon Clark. Like, <laughs> there's so many linebackers. I mean, obviously, I think it dips down after those guys, but uh, I'll see a lot of people like uh, Jesse Lucetta, um, uh, Josh Ross. I've seen some hype for at times. <laughs> there's so many. Rodriguez hype, too. He's Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of. There's going to be a lot of day three linebackers going in this class as well as going a ton in day two. So we're going to, you're going to see linebacker come up more than most positions. I think Um, just because this is a very, very deep class while some of them will be developmental uh, as we've already gone over, it's going to be good class. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, that'll do it for the linebackers episode of the cut. Be sure to, uh, you know, like, share, subscribe, all, all that jazz. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday with our defensive backs episode. We are going to go over our top five corners and our top five safeties, I believe is how we have it uh, kind of organized out there. Uh, and then again, we will be back on Friday for the Friday fix. Uh, team still TBD. We kind of talked about a team, but um, it, nothing finalized yet. So uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, Randy, do you have anything else? I do not believe so. All right. Well, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Peace. Peace.